Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week, we're covering episode two, The Pupil. <gasps> the Pupil. <laughs> we got a little bit of insight into this one. This was, I thought, a pretty, pretty strong episode. What, what yeah. were your just general thoughts, Paige? I thought it, I thought it was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of weird, creepy, strange things that leaving more questions than answers still kind of, it's good at doing that. But I loved that like, and well, you know, not really a point, but I guess it kind of will be in the future. But you know, that there was a big flashback within a flashback kind of thing of this where we got a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of that background on Miles and, you know, why he was expelled from his school and the stuff that had happened. I really liked seeing that. So yeah, it's cool it was, that we're going down different storylines and, and backstories within the story we're being told. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we got a little bit more, uh, you know, insight into that because you know we we learned that the first episode and you know kind of getting you know of course always more questions but kind of getting a little bit more insight to kind of help shed some light on the background of what's been happening here. So yeah. I, th- I think that was really great. So it was good to get that on the second episode and we're not getting it like in the fourth or fifth or something, you know, kind of yeah. waiting, waiting to get, get a little bit of that insight. Cause it's, I think definitely going to play an important part, what we learned. Um, and yeah. some of the things that we saw in this episode are, are going to be important, uh, to the rest of the story and how it plays out. So yeah, I a good strong episode I thought and lots of good stuff to to pick apart. The the creepiness factor, you know, was definitely back again. Um maybe not quite as many jump scares. I know everybody's kind of interpretation of what they find scary is a little different. I know um like I mentioned before, you know, when I was watching some of it with with my daughter and she's like, you know, when I kind of jumped at something, you know, it wasn't a jump scare, but you know, maybe I'm just a jumpy person. I don't know, but she, yeah. she's like, what was it? And I, I rewound and showed her and she's like, she just looked at me and she's like, you're being overdramatic. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I'd say I, I, I understand that the, it's not so jumpy scary, but I think what this season has held, at least in these first two episodes is the creepiness factor. Because it is very- mainly the re, the reaction that it gets for me, my scared reaction to most of this stuff. And it just shows in my notes because a lot of my notes is just, no, 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 fuck you. No, 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 don't like that. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> I, I will quote you on that, on exactly some of the things that I see too. Exactly. Yeah, it's just disturbing. I don't like it. I'm very, very uncomfortable. The hairs mm-hmm. on my arms and neck are up. I have goosebumps and I get chills and I'm just like yeah. thoroughly creeped out. Um, at, at some of those things. So it's, a, it's, it's, a, and it feels, I feel like they do a really good job of making you feel like you are right there, you know, yeah. as like you are the one walking the halls of Bly Manor and you're seeing these hidden ghosts or you're seeing these things. And it's just, it, I feel like I'm right there. You know, I feel like I'm immersed in the story. So I do feel like I'm, I'm there. And I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, I feel like everybody's own personal experiences, things that you've been through or things that you've experienced color 
you know, how you feel about shows like this. I mean, I've, I've said before, you know, on this show, I've, I've had things happen in, in my life. It's maybe that's why I'm a little bit more jumpy and a little bit more creeped out than maybe some people, you know, everybody's experiences. Yeah. Cause it's the subtleties more than the like in your face, like haunting ghost, boom. It's, it's yeah. the little subtle things that creep you out that, that usually will trigger the real emotional and creepy you know, reactions from people, especially me. So, and it's, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think, um, hopefully, I don't know. I'm sitting here, I'm given, given my area, my space, a quick look, making sure there's nothing <laughs> peeking at me from around the corner, because I know I felt, um, thoroughly creeped out on the last podcast that you and I did on the first episode. Like I felt <laughs> like something was watching me, uh, from behind. Like I had my, my closet door was behind me and uh, I'm in a different room tonight. Um, because I feel like it's a little bit more open and I can see better. Um, yeah. I'm in a big wide open room with all the lights on, so I'm good. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel like, I mean, something could still be behind me, but I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit more of an open space than what I was, where it felt like something was just like right on top of me and just a very eerie <laughs> feeling on some of the things that we were talking about. So giving myself a quick pe- peek around the room, I think I'm good to go. <laughs> Why don't you t- k- kick us off this week with your number five, please? All right. My number five, I'm going to go with Flora. All right. Some of the the little things, some of the little, little things with Flora. Okay. This episode. Um, just kind of continuing on some of her little mannerisms and things that I, I noticed where, you know, the seller to her is perfectly dreadful. Yes, um, perfectly. It's the, <laughs> it's the exact opposite on the scale of her perfectly scale. You know, it's not splendid. It's dreadful. Right. And and again, it's with that repeating of that phrase. She says it like two or three different times. And then even Owen comes in and brothers can be perfectly dreadful. And it's... It's just those little things where it's like, okay, here we go again with just certain phrases and things being repeated and there's got to be something to that. Where <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like there is. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so I, I noticed that. And then, yeah, there's not a lot about Flora that, you know, this was a miles centric episode. It definitely was. So, yeah. so, but I, I did think Flora had some great moments. You know, she finds these glasses and Danny's things because I guess Miles had taught her how to clean a room. And then she liked that to where she went and cleaned up Danny's room too. And she had packed everything away and put stuff up. And then she was kind of going through some of her stuff and kind of playing dress up or looking at stuff. And she found these glasses in there that had already had a crack in them. And it looks like, to me, I'm going to make the assumption, the jump, that they are definitely related to bright old, old bright eyes. <laughs> With, mm-hmm. You know, Danny's ghost that's been following her around. It kind of seems to be like these same glasses that that ghost is wearing that are glowing. Because it definitely triggers something in Danny. She's had has this. I mean, it's a full on panic attack. It's kind of the same thing that yeah. happened to her in the closet. And so, yeah. And and Flora is very strange about it, though. It's she asks the same question a lot. She says, "Are you cross with me?" You know, this very. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not scared or worried about it, but she just wants to know. You know, everything she does, she feels like Danny's going to be cross with her about it and Danny's doing her best to play it off like no no everything's fine but I, I need to go now um but but Flora she just finds these little ways to to be creepy without really being overtly creepy but it's just these like 
undertones of things that she does. Right. And I think the biggest one, of course, is when they're playing hide and seek in the end of the episode. And I know, you know, she goes and hides up in the attic and this ghost behind her kind of gets up and starts like moving, almost like dancing and humming along with her to Oh Willow Whaley. And of course, in my notes, I said, well, there's just a huge case of nope and what the fuck are you in the attic? You know, like I don't, don't like that at all. Don't like it. And Not it kind of, it, it seems like it's sneaking up on Flora and I'm worried for Flora until Flora just turns around and basically just tells the thing to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. It, it obeys her. It quiets down, moves back to its little spot and lays down almost like it's scared of Flora. And in that moment, I'm just like, oh, okay. It, it just, <laughs> again, chills, literally just even mm-hmm. having that image in my head again. Yeah. yeah. Very creepy. What is her relationship with the ghosts and the spirits in this house are not Mm-mm. what you would think they would be. <laughs> no. Yeah. Very, very interesting indeed. Kind of, like you said, pretty miles centric episode, but mm-hmm. we do get a little bit of interesting insight into Flora as well. I yeah. feel like if, if we're going to get a little bit of a, uh, miles centric maybe we'll get something you know in a, in a future episode something a little bit more uh with flora maybe kind of see so. because you know we get to kind of see uh when miles is in uh boarding school and she writes him the you know the or sends him the picture and says come home you know yeah. I, I wonder if we're gonna get to see that like yeah. what is it that happened or what is I it? I would that, think so. You know, or at least really hope, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think we'll probably get that. At least I hope so anyway, and kind of get a little bit more insight. Uh but yeah, that was great. <laughs> Flora, she's so sweet, yeah. but at the same time, uh, girls girls look creepy, and I'm not quite yeah. sure what to think about her. You know, I she's learned real cute, real adorable, but something she- is just off. A little off. And it's not because she voices Peppa the Pig. Did you mm-hmm. know that? I did not know that until after we released our first episode covering right. this. And then I, I saw some people online and some feedback on Facebook and stuff, people talking about it. Yes, I just learned it myself. Uh, m- my daughter is grown, so I'm a little outdated on current uh, little kid TV shows. Trust me, I've yeah. done my time. And, I, you know, I've done... I've put in all my time with the, with the with the younger TV shows but my daughter is is all grown so I'm I'm not watching those anymore so I'm definitely outdated I've I I've heard of Peppa the Pig have I watched an episode yeah. no um I did I did hear though that there were you know just hearing about Peppa the Pig in general I did hear that there were um little american kids who seemed to be developing little english or british accents from yeah, watching I've a lot of peppa that. the pig so i've heard of that so i'm like oh okay so i guess peppa the pig must be like british or something but i never watched an episode yeah. and then many people i saw online and then writing to us said oh little flora is the voice of peppa the pig so if, if some of you did not yet make that connection and you thought she sounded kind of familiar well there you go that's probably why if you have little yeah. ones at home um and you're probably hearing that every day <laughs> Multiple yeah, times. I'll, I'll, if you're if you're like my kid watching the same show over and over and over again all day long till you want to pull your hair out and scream. Yeah. It's definitely not a show that's on my rotation. But uh, no. <laughs> I have a like three year old niece, but she was she's just always been more of a Mickey Mouse girl. Right. So I think she has gotten into Peppa recently, but 
I haven't seen her that much this year, mm-hmm. of course, with everything going on. So I don't even know the age range for Peppa the Pig. I don't know. What yeah. it's, you know, I like I said, I just know it's like some little animated show. I don't know what it's about. Um, I, I'm, I, I couldn't even tell you what channel it airs on, but it seems to be pretty popular. That's all I can uh-huh. say because I've heard about it and that's about it. So I'm like, yep, that's that's great. But yeah, so so she's got an adorable little voice for sure. Um, and I, I do enjoy hearing her speak, even if it is a tad bit creepy. Yeah. So that was a really great number five. Um, I'm going to start my number five. I'm just going to talk like, I'm just going to jump right into it and talk about it. And that's miles. All right. Uh, (laughs) As you mentioned, this was um, a heavy miles episode. Definitely added to his creepy factor. In this episode, you know, we talked and speculated the last um, podcast when you and I talked about episode one, you know, it's just something off of it. Well, both kids, they they definitely seem a little off, but something about Miles, too, that just something about him, how he exhibits this behavior that seems like he's an older person trapped in a younger person's body. And just some of the things that he says definitely alludes to that more but kind of backing backing a little bit into his time at this boarding school um you know we we find that he exhibits some disturbing behavior you know he throws himself from a tree he picks a fight with his bunkmate he kills a bird um and apparently shows no remorse but we we learn that it seems to be more about his wanting to go home more than you know, the possibility of something compelling him to behave that way. You know, it wasn't like something made him do that. It was, you know, how do I get home from boarding school? They're not just going to let me go home, right? Like he can't just call his uncle and say, hey, Uncle Henry, I want to come home. I mean, he's at boarding school. You don't typically get to just go home, you know, unless it's like a holiday or maybe if there's, you know, something bad that's happened, you might get to come home. I, I've never been to boarding school. I'm only speculating here, um, but I'm guessing you don't just get to go home anytime you want. So he's got to find some way. He gets this letter from Flora um, saying, come home. And she's got a picture of her crying. Um, I think, is that their previous nanny in the picture? That's what- I was trying to figure out. I was trying to think maybe it's Hannah, but it looked like there was hair and stuff to it. So that was my guess was maybe Miss Jessel, whether it was, but Miss Jessel had already died at this point when she's sending this note, which wouldn't put me, wouldn't put it past Florida to be drawing a ghost that she has been right. talking to. Anyway Just because she's dead. The, I don't really yeah, find it that surprising that she's still drawing a picture of her. Yeah. Like Miles says, dead doesn't mean gone. <laughs> exactly. So she's got a, and, and then there's a man in the picture too, which I'm wondering if it's that ghostly male figure that that we see kind of towards the end of the episode. Okay, maybe I thought maybe it was just her drawing miles, but I it could be. I'm mm. guessing it's it's that male um ghostly figure. Um like I said, guessing yeah. here. I don't know anything. Which, I, I'm kind of going by the clothes. on that. Yeah, my my speculation on that is I think because we we find out that Miss Jessel or Rebecca one of the things that really went wrong with her was this her getting tangled up with another like with a guy that she had had like romantic you know inclinations with and stuff and i'm i'm assuming that's gonna be who that is that's that's oliver jackson cohen's character right maybe the guy that was involved with rebecca jessel 
this is this is what I'm thinking as well. I think mm-hmm. we're both kind of thinking the same thing and on the same path. Um, so I I really felt bad for Miles because you know, uh, Flora really takes up for him, and she's like, you know, he's he's not bad. Miles is not bad. You know, he's not like you think that he is. And I feel like we kind of see that. At, during this time while he's at boarding school, he seems, I mean, he seems really sad and down, right? I mean, he, he's lost his parents and he's lost his nanny. So yes, he's probably not the most cheerful child, <laughs> Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but he seems very sweet. You know, he's, he's paying attention in class. He asks really great, smart questions. He's polite to his teacher, Father Stack, you know, when he talks to him. And he seems mm-hmm. to already be targeted as a kid that needs some special attention, right, from his yeah. school, you know, because they know he's had a lot of li- loss in his life. And so they're making an effort to, like, make themselves available for him, which I really, really loved. And he seems yeah. really sweet. Uh, you know, about that, you know, he's, he's very polite. He's, you know, like, thank you, you know, um, and and he seems to just be taking in what, what they're saying. But then when he gets that letter from Flora, things then kind of change and, you know, he's, he's doing these things and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? He was so sweet. You know, why, why is he doing these things? But you can kind of tell as he's doing these things, he doesn't want to be doing them. Like you could almost Mm -hmm. see right before he, he, falls from the tree this look of resignation on his face like you know he doesn't want to do this and he knows it's gonna hurt but which that's what I was getting from it at first I thought he was trying to rid himself of something like in his body like he was trying to talk like when they were talking about uh the story of when Jesus you know got the demons out of the man's body and threw them into the pigs and then the pigs like jumped yeah. Or, you know, I thought, oh, maybe that's what he's trying to do is rid himself of whatever is in him. But I thought, well, maybe it's too early for that yet. It's somehow he's thinking that if he hurts himself, he can get out of school. But yeah. it doesn't seem like he hurt himself quite enough. He seems to have just broken his arm and he has a <laughs> limp. So he goes to the next thing and picking a fight with his bunkmate, who his bunkmate was really sweet to him. Yeah. I had that in my notes too, where I was just like, you've got a really good friend in, in Hooper here. I and then know. like next scene, I was like, but okay, I guess you're just going to like turn on him so like that. So right. don't be nice to Miles, I guess, yeah. because if you are, he's going to kill your animals and he's going to choke you out mm-hmm. is, is, is what he's doing here. So I guess you can look at it at different ways. Like, was he doing this because he's, he's trying to find his way home or was there's something making him do those things, right? I choose yeah. to see it as he's trying to think of a way to get himself kicked out. You yeah. know, I I think it may be a little bit of both, and I have you some think stuff so? in here that that kind of shows towards that also. Well, and he had some interesting conversations. You know, as I mentioned, as they're having that mm-hmm. conversation with Father Stack there in the beginning, um, he talks about you know, did they have to have permission? And, you know, he, he's, they asked about the pigs, but he's like, well, what about the man? Did the man have to give permission to be possessed? Which was very interesting. I mean, that Mm -hmm. made my ears perk up like (laughs) what? Okay. And then when he talks to father stack later saying, it's not fair that his parents don't get to come back. He's like, they're never coming back. Are they? And he said, no, I'm afraid not. And he said, it's not fair that they don't get to come back. Um, he said the good one, and I'm paraphrasing here on the exact quote, but he says mm-hmm. the good ones 
don't, but then why do the bad ones? Yeah. And I was like, oh, who's come back? Who's come back that's bad? You know, um, that's all the I can guy, think. <laughs> the guy that was with Rebecca. It, exactly. I'm like, who? Seen, yeah. So there's someone that's dead yeah. that did come back and they're not good, but they're bad. So what does he know or, or what exactly is going on? So a mm. lot lot of interesting um things happening there so what what are what are some of your thoughts oh man with miles yeah i've got i think some of those things that yeah it it shows that there's kind of this clue of he's trying to get home but then yeah a lot of it coincides with what you just said about like that bible story and him asking about the possession and then he actually, when he's talking to the headmaster and father stack, and there's like two other priests that are in the room too. And they ask him something about, you know, you know, or or father stack tells him sometimes with grief and trauma, it compels us to do things that we don't really mean to do. And I, I noted the wording that miles used. He says, we are not compelled. Right. And it was one of the things was like, does he mean we, as in the collective, we, as in, him and the other men in the room with him or is he speaking more like what that bible passage entails where the demons that jesus casts out of the man is a group of demons who call themselves legion legion because we are one we are legion we are many you know we are many but we are one kind of thing This, like yeah and so that's what i'm wondering it's like well when when miles uses specifically that that language of we are not compelled after Father Stack tells him that sometimes you could be compelled to do something, and that mm, it, that that perked me up a little bit. Where I was like, "Ooh, I don't I don't like the way he worded that." Yeah, that was a little and, creepy. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course there's some other things because if it was just him trying to get out of school, then there's this also this other like strange imagery and wording he uses about keys. Mm-hmm. Where when when Hooper asks him, "Why did you jump out of the tree?" and he said, "I just need to find the right key." And then he backtracks that immediately. Like, I, I didn't jump, I fell. And then right when, after he's expelled, he apologizes to Father Stack, just saying, I just needed to find your key. That's all it was doing. And it's that's interesting verbiage, don't you think? Yeah. That he's Because I'm like, where is is key coming in to, to play? I mean, it, it may not. Mm. Maybe I'm just reading too much into that. But I thought, why is he using that? particular phrase i just need need to find the right key and then tells yeah. father stack I, I i you know i you know found found your right key i'm like well, mm-hmm. it's just particular yeah and so that's that's the thing that kind of puts it to where it might be a little of both it might be that and it may be something that was with him before he even went back to school something that happened surrounding the death of miss jessel that has now followed him back to school Hmm. That's a good possibility. I I won't write that off right away. Hmm. Hmm. Good. Yeah, Miles. I'm gonna have more to say about him. I know, but just yeah. interesting behavior, at least, and, and then just getting to see that introduction and kind of getting a little bit of insight uh, as to what happened at boarding school. So now we know, we, we talked about that. What was the mystery? Why is it, you know, no one's talking about it. Miles won't really talk about it. Um, but we got that in a flashback. Yep. All right. Well, that was my number five. What is your number four? My number four is Jamie. Uh, I was 
very happy that we finally got a little bit more of her in this episode. And yeah. I like her. She's very funny. And <laughs> yeah. Like, I really like her because I was like, yeah, sure. her humor is top notch. She is a great, like, friend and, like, I don't know if confidant's the right word. I mean, she's just met Danny, but she seems to be very friendly, very a, a person that you would want to talk to. And if I'm being honest, I mean, she's not too bad to look at either, but. <laughs> she's absolutely adorable. Uh, yeah. But I really liked getting to see a little more of a side of her where, yeah, she's just very playful and likes to kind of pick at and antagonize, but in like a little sister way to like Hannah and Owen. And she's just, yeah, she's just very fun and funny. And I think her scene with Danny was incredible because that is exactly what Danny needed as she's having that panic attack is just for her to show up and like be supportive and tell her you're doing great and repeat it like you're doing great, but also crack jokes and make her make her laugh and make her smile and kind of bring her out of her panic attack. I got a little uh, good like girl on girl vibes from the two of them. Yeah, a little bit, especially could, when she walks back inside and Danny's like sneaking peeks around her shoulder, like watching yeah. her walk off. <laughs> I, I, I got okay, a, I, I ship a, it. I'm good. I, I, yeah, I didn't mind shipping those two. I'm not, I typically don't try to like ship in, in when I'm watching because I'm like, that's yeah. not why I'm watching. I don't care if yeah. anybody's hooking up or getting together or anything like that. I don't really care. I mean, if it happens, fine, but it's not where I'm like hoping that it happens or something. But I was like, I could ship those two. I could totally yeah. see. You know, they're, 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 yeah, they're great together. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, their sexuality and everything is not talked about or mentioned, and I don't, yeah, it's whatever. It's a spectrum. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, I thought whatever it is between them, they they seem to have at least so far a good little chemistry. Whether it's just yeah. a friendship or something more, but I, I did mm-hmm. like that scene, and I, I'm glad yeah. we got. I'm like you. I, I'm glad we got a little bit more from Jamie too. Yeah, and then I we like do her. see a little other side of her. When, of course, she goes back to her garden and realizes that Miles, in his attempt of of building this bouquet of roses for Danny, has just massacred her rose garden. Mm -hmm. And she is pissed. (laughs) We kind of see she's very upset. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And Danny has to then flip the script a little bit. And now she's the one having to talk her down and calm her down. And I love where she makes a joke. And the the scene cuts right as Danny goes, ha, laughs, and then it cuts where it just leaves you with a little bit of that joy is where she says, like, can we just go back to where you're being mental and I'm having to talk you down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like that. So that's kind of my number four, really just loving getting more of Jamie and really getting to see her as a character grow a little bit. We're not really grow more, but just to see her as a character more and get to, to meet her and learn a little bit more about her. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I want to see more of her too. Um, okay. So my number four, uh, short and sweet. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we got this game of hide and seek going on, which for starters, um, I, I don't know, maybe because I've seen too many scary movies in my life. I'm not kicking up a game of hide and seek in this huge haunted English manner. Now, yeah, I no, when she that, says, well, you can pick whatever game and <laughs> hide and seek. You know, I was thinking more along the lines of sorry. Can we play, I don't know, <laughs> Go fish. Scrabble, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, a nice game of Monopoly. <laughs> Maybe not before bed. Monopoly is not good before bed. You'll never go to bed. No. But, you know, shoots and ladders, Candyland. Yeah. I don't know. 
why would we pick hide and seek? Especially after she just got locked into a closet. Yeah. She is way more forgiving than I am. She might have been, yeah. I mean, I might have been like, okay, I forgive you guys, but I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget you two little shits locked me in a closet, yeah. whether it was for my own protection, which she has no clue. But I know we talked about that, that we thought that was the reason behind it. Um, yeah. I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. So I'm not playing hide and seek with these, you know, little turds. Um, mm-hmm. Or I would say let's keep it restricted to a certain floor or a unit yeah. of the manor and not the entire manor. No freaking way. And, yeah. and, and I would have to say the attic and the cellar would be off limits because the cellar, I wanted to kind of mention. So uh, you, yeah. you mentioned it earlier uh, when they were going down to look for uh, the doll mm-hmm. and she went down there and, you know, the doll just happens to be standing upright. Yeah. That's, that'd be first like sign to just like be like, well, I guess that's where this doll lives now. Bye. <laughs> to walk around, turn around, walk up, close the door and we're never going back down there again. That would <laughs> be the fastest I would ever move <laughs> is hightailing my ass back up those steps. Yeah. Um, after seeing that doll just standing upright, staring back at me, that doll didn't have eyeballs, but it was staring yeah. at her. I, no, uh, I'm out. So Flora will not go to the cellar because of course to her, it's perfectly dreadful. Yeah. But as you mentioned, she'll go to the attic mm-hmm. where there's a freaking ghost, f- faceless, gurgling thing behind her that she seems to have perfect command of with, like you said, yeah. she totally shushed it. Yep. So what the hell is in that cellar <laughs> if she doesn't mind being in the attic with yeah. that damn ghost? So that tells me that cellar is like a hundred times worse than just about anything else in, in that house, which mm-hmm. gives me a lot of Haunting of Hill House vibes again. I might have mentioned that yeah. in the last episode. The cellar in Haunting of Hill House was also perfectly dreadful. Oh, very. Huge scare moment. <laughs> I'm just, that might be a little spoilery. Sorry. It's out there. But um, yeah. So I, I it just really made me curious what the hell is going on in that cellar. And then, of course... There was a, a, a little ghost. I don't know if anybody caught it or not. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it uh, more. But if it was h- kind of hard to see, it was subtle. Uh, but there was like a, a, a ghost or a doll or something there in that uh, pile of dolls. Which again, dolls, I'm out. I don't do dolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so that seeing the little doll standing upright in the middle of the floor, seeing that pile of dolls off to the side... I'm done. But yeah, there was, like I said, it was either a ghost or it was a doll that moved after Danny went back up the stairs. So I'm just curious how and what the hell is in that cellar or how bad is it there that if Flora won't go down there, but she doesn't mind going to an attic where there's a literal ghost in a big ass dress with no face. And did you, I don't know if you got a good look at that ghost. So something I I just want to kind of mention while I was thinking about that particular ghost in the attic uh, she wasn't quite a hidden ghost because she was right yeah. there. But her face, like she had almost like no eyes. It was like her eyes were kind of blurred out. And so it was almost like she had no face. Yeah. Have you seen the opening credits of the show? Do you watch the opening credits of the show? Yeah. Or have yeah. you at least watched I them do. once? 
So do you yep. do you see what they do with the pictures? Of yeah, it's the, the same thing where they run through the cast and they have a picture of them, a portrait of them, and then their face kind of morphs into that that looking face where the eyes disappear and their face kind of goes blank and old mm-hmm. and wrinkly a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that's a little creepy that this ghost seems to have like no face or no eyes and it's just it's just this very indistinct and that's exactly the look that they have when in the opening credits, you know, when they show the a cast member and then their face morphs, like you said, into that. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. the really creepy doll that lives under the dresser has that same face too. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Pink. <laughs> so creepy. Creepy. And yeah. what does it mean? Why? Mm, I don't know. Just something I wanted to kind of point out. I don't know what it means. I don't. And I don't know that I can speculate yeah. or have a guess, but it's a connection that I made after seeing that ghost face. I was like, that looks like the, cause that, that's kind of creepy to me. Those pictures, I don't watch the credits every time, but I've seen them once or twice and thought it was creepy. So I saw that and made that connection. I don't know what it means though. It could just mean nothing, but then it's just freaking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of talk about the cellar and kind of the differences between, you know, the attic, which does have a ghost. Maybe she's benign. Maybe she just likes to sing terribly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's harmless or something. And Flora mm. clearly is not scared of her either, you know, scared of her, but she's scared of whatever could be in the attic. Mm-hmm. And and the command that she seems to have over the ghosts, like, you know, but she's too scared to go to the cellar is just kind of interesting. So anyway. Yeah. Um, well, that was my number four. What's your number three? My number three is another small thing. I, I Even though, you know, it was a big thing with Miles and different ghosts and stuff, mm-hmm. I picked up on a lot of, like, really, like, small details that I thought were really just worth pointing out. Yeah. So my number three it. is just kind of Danny and, like, her disciplinarian style. Mm-hmm. I like I, it. I loved it a lot. You know, we pick up right there at the beginning of the episode and she's having that, you know, the next morning talk with the kids about the closet situation the night before. And she forgives them pretty easily, but she does say, I don't believe you. And that's the issue. And so her answer to that is she's going to have to punish them for this day. And her way of doing that is making them do all of the chores for Jamie and Hannah for the day. Give give the the gardener and the housekeeper the day off and say, all right, kids, it's your duty. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's, but she's not doing it in a mean way. She's helping them with the gardening. She compliments Miles on his great job for, you know, cleaning his room, but then sends him to do the same for Flora's room. Oh, well now teach her and help her, you know, not going to let him off the hook, but she's very nice and friendly. And, you know, the way that she does it is she's really wanting to like dig in it. She's teaching them a lesson. It is punishment, but it's not like right. She's not being a you know? taskmaster about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, she has a little fun with it. She's poking fun. You know, when she first hands Miles the mop, you can tell she's upset. She's miffed. But you know, when he was just like, "Well, that's not fair," and just like what he said to her, he goes, "It's just a bit of mud." Like mm-hmm. you said, so now you can take care of it. Exactly. If it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. then go clean it up. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah so I just thought that that was really it because I was like you know we get Henry in the first episode 
talking about, you know, he doesn't explain why, which we do see, but he says, yeah, no, uh, yeah, you know, Miles had to come home from school and I think it's just, you know, he needs discipline. And so Danny takes that advice and definitely, I think it was a great, it was a great idea, like on the fly for Danny to be like, all right, we know that there's a discipline issue here and I'm going to take advantage of that as the au pair here to, to start implementing that. Like, okay, we're going to get to a point where they're treating me. They think they can walk over me for this or that reason. And I can, I can dish it right back out. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. I liked her style. I liked her method. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she wasn't belittling them. She wasn't, you know, yelling or, or, you know, really angry. You know, I know she was upset of course about the whole thing and really upset that she didn't, she wasn't able to believe their story, you know, mm-hmm. about what happened. But, you know, like I said, she was doing those things with them. She wasn't just saying, go out there and do it, you know, like go, you know, weed the garden or go mop the floor, clean your room. She was there with them. So I, I liked her methods and I, I think it was effective. Yeah. Chores have a way of sometimes straightening kids up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chores are good. Yeah. I like that. Good stuff. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about just some things about like what is happening here in, in Bly Manor and some of the the circumstances and curiosities that are happening. And, you know, I'm, I feel like while I'm curious about what's happening and I want answers and I want to find out what's going on. I'm actually not in that big of a hurry to find out. I'm kind of enjoying, you know, peeling away the layers slowly um, as they're giving them to us. You know, I feel like we are getting some things. I mean, we're only two episodes in and there's nine total. Uh, So, you know, there's still a lot more to come. Maybe I'll be backtracking later and go, all right, come on, hurry up, damn it. But right now I'm, I'm enjoying the pace that we're at right now. And I think that one thing that the show is doing really well right now is they're really kind of blurring the lines between what is happening with the kids as either supernatural interference or just downright trauma as to what happened to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're really doing a good job. At least I feel, this is my opinion. Um, they're toying with us, you know, did Flora put on those glasses because she knew it would hurt Danny or was it childlike innocence as she's just rifling through her luggage? You know, was she just curious and sees these glasses and puts them on or was she doing it intentionally to hurt Danny? Um, were they trying to torture her when they locked her in the closet or were they protecting her from something sinister? You know, I, I think we kind of leaned that, you know, on the fact that they were protecting her, but I mean, maybe they weren't, maybe they were just being little twerps. Uh, (laughs) Are they literally possessed or is their trauma, their possession? You know, there's so much of this, back and forth and, and makes you question and there's uncertainty there. And it really has me hooked not yeah. knowing. Cause I feel like, <laughs> you know, it could go either way. It could be both maybe. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the ride and finding out and I'm not 
in too much of a hurry to, to get there. I don't want to, I'm glad that we're just doing this, you know, week by week and I'm not able to binge it. I know I was reading many people saying, Oh, I've already seen, seen it, you know? Um, and it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> I, I'm definitely not in a hurry to kind of find out. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Well, is it this or is it that? Are they possessed or is it just because they're messed up because they've lost their parents at such a young age and they lost their nanny uh, in a traumatic circumstance and they found her body? Um, you know, are they are they being, you know, mean or are they just peculiar? So yeah. I, I'm really finding that journey um, very exciting right now. Definitely. I agree. All right. That was, well, cool. I'm glad, glad we agree. <laughs> so much better than arguing. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes arguing is good, but mm-hmm. not today. Uh, well, that was my, what was that? Number three. So okay. that should be your number two. All right. My number two is uh, just more ghosts and creepiness. Ooh. And I won't go too specific on all the ghosts spottings that I had because I know you have your own section on that and stuff that we're you're going to cover all those. We're so going to talk go about them. Yeah, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go into all the like exact specific, you know, moments where they saw them. But, but there were definitely a few that I saw that I'll point out kind of what they were. And we talked about the doll on its feet and how much I hated that. But then, yeah, while we were, while we were down there in the cellar and we see this pile of dolls and there is one that definitely not just moves, but like, like there's like a child actor playing it where it like set up and like turned its head and like whole body and like, like it's a living doll. And I was just like, um, excuse me. <laughs> Thanks for going into such detail. I'm getting the chills all over again. Uh, yeah. That was like, bad. No, 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 no. And I remember last week us talking about going through all the different ghosts and there was one that was like a doll. And I even remember I said last week, it was, you know, this last weekend, it was only a few days ago, but, um, but even saying like, oh, there's a doll ghost. And I think I said that I was just like, I don't like the little creepy kids. I don't like the dolls. Don't put them together. Yeah. Don't do that to me. And of course, next episode, they freaking do that to me. They and did. How dare you, Bly Manor. And then I don't know if it's a similar situation with like the Plague Doctor one where we saw the same ghost a bunch of times. But there's also in the hallway, kind of in the main foyer, when they walk in that main door. And usually it shows from the same angle where they walk in and there's like the table with the vase sitting on it and they walk towards the camera. And on the opposite hallway, there's like a, I can't tell if it's like the same doll ghost or if it's a different ghost that looks like a little girl, but just stands against the door in that hallway. And you see her like three or four different times throughout the episode. Just every time somebody walks in the main door and goes down that, that same ghost is just standing there in the hallway. Like that's just Just where it chills. Hanging out. (laughs) Good airflow right there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so and then the crack in the wall was a creepy kind of thing where hannah notices it and then tells jamie about it and she goes to fix it and it's not there so i was wondering about that um the phone call where the phone ringing and then somebody they answer it owen ends up both times we've seen it both episodes it's happened once and there's nobody there so that's a recurring thing now and i don't know what's up with that <laughs> mm-mm mm-mm yeah, we see old bright eyes one more time in the bathroom mirror with Danny. Yes. Um, 
So I like that. I, the term, I kind of coined the term calling him bright eyes because every time I see him, I go, turn around. Bright no. eyes. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah, there's a few other. Of course, yeah, when Danny's going, you know, hide and seek, I was like, okay, this is the perfect moment to like find ghosts all over the place and so i won't point out all of them but there was a few that i noticed in there the plague doctor made a reoccur <laughs> you know made they a are reappearance. There. yep and then one that i wouldn't call it a hidden ghost or even a ghost at all i couldn't tell because it kind of looked like maybe it was hannah that was just kind of mm-hmm. standing in the hallway creepily and then walked out of frame and then when danny walked out she was gone <laughs> so i don't know about that one <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. And then, of course, lastly, again, Oliver Jackson Cohen, because I, I'm just going with the actor's name because I don't know kind of for sure. Yeah, we don't know like a name. I mean, I've gone on to IMDb and I've seen the character that he is named. He's like a regular for the series, like season, but yes. I won't talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody for whatever reason. Yeah. But but my assumption, I think, is, yeah, this he's connected to Rebecca Jessel. But we see him again at the end of the episode where, you know, Danny sees him in the window. She goes outside to kind of confront him, but he's not there. And that's when Miles passes out after saying he doesn't feel so good. She goes back inside and then Miles is looking at him again, smiling at him through the window, which then leads me to wonder if there is a possession situation going on. Miles is acting like an adult is it that ghost that is possessing Miles? It certainly makes you feel that is what is is what's happening. I mean, yeah. when Miles, ugh, I got the chills again. I can't hardly talk because <laughs> I, I keep getting the chills. Jesus, when Miles draws um, Danny out to the hall, asking, "Can I speak to you privately?" and yeah. You know, he, the, the things that he says, again, alludes to the fact that there's something older trapped in him at the things yeah. that he says. And, and God, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he's like, you know, well, sometimes I forget myself when I'm, because I'm with Flora all day, mm-hmm. you know, like he, and then he says, you know, dealing with children, you know, is what's he say tiring draining Draining, yes and Mm -hmm. he and he you know he draws her down to like whisper in her ear and when he says that and then he he puts the hair behind tucks the hair behind her ear yeah that (laughs) is straight up creepy (laughs) no 10 year old should be doing that to an adult Mm -hmm. and and no 10 year old should even know like those moves or or yeah that's that's like an intimate kind of thing for Uh one and that isn't something a stranger does to i mean these two have just met for one and it is not something a 10 year old does so it's just it's the things that he's saying that make him sound like an adult and yeah because that even comes right after him calling jamie you know have a great rest of your evening, darling. Yeah, he called Jamie <laughs> darling after she was in the kitchen. And she and mm-hmm. even to her it sounded strange. She's like, darling. You know, yeah. like that is just not something he goes around just saying. Like it's something he's he's prone to say. So, you know, and she's around him a lot more. So she's recognizing yeah. it as kind of like, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so yeah, it, it feels yeah. like that. Uh, I feel like, you know, if it's like, that's what we're being led to believe. But I feel like as soon as we start believing that they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us. Yeah. So I, I have my, yeah, my theories and my thoughts, but who knows? But I know. I know. I think it fits. I'm just going to, the, the the mantra of this is just going to be in the words of Flora from last episode, just miles. Stop being weird. Stop being weird. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop acting Ugh. like a 30 year old man in a 10 year old body. That's weird. No. It's creeping me out. Creeping Miles, me stop out. Stop being weird. I would have reacted the same exact way too as Danny if I'm, you know, these just two young children and, and a little boy was that. Oh my gosh, I'd be flipping mm-hmm. out. What the hell, dude? That's inappropriate, and not <laughs> not not your typical ten year old behavior for sure. Yeah, like how about we don't do that? Yeah, <laughs> don't no touchy. Hands to yourself. Yeah. This is my bubble. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I, I think in Danny's position, I, me in that position or, you know, whatever, like you think at that point she would be like, okay, how about I just like not get close in person, you know, let's not get in like an intimate distance of him anymore. Cause he's starting to get real creepy. Yeah. And, and she's, I think she sees it in that moment, but I feel like she's so, so missing on so many other kind of clues yeah. and things. Um, so I don't know. I think she's got a unwelcome wake up call coming really soon. Yeah. I mean, like one of her first instances that with him is, you know, she meets him in the garden the first time, but the second interaction she ever has with him is while she's changing. He's like peering at her through the crack in the door. Yeah. Just comes right like, in on her without knocking. Mm hmm. So I, I would hope at this point, Danny has connected enough dots to be like, okay, there's got to be some boundaries set between me and this kid. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly, like I said, I, I, I don't think that you're, not, that you're wrong by, but I just feel like it's too, it's too easy at this point to say, this is what it is. Because I feel yeah. like that's what they're, they're leading us to believe. But I also know how they like to kind of turn us on our head a little bit. So while I think mm-hmm. that's a really good, because I, I, I subscribe to that too. I mean, they're definitely showing us all of that, especially with Miles passing out, feeling sick. You know, that's it's kind of, you know, when you watch other TV shows or movies about someone who's been, you know, possessed, they tend to after that person kind of leaves them temporarily or something. They feel drained. They feel sick. They pass out, Mm -hmm. things like that. So it feels like that's kind of the same behavior that that ghost was, you know, inhibiting him at that time, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have in my notes exactly the way I wrote it was, Oh buddy, y'all worn out from all the possession. Yeah. (laughs) And that sinister little smile that he had uh, on the other side of the window. That was yeah. not a, a happy little smile. It, it looks like he's up to no good for sure. So <laughs> I feel like they're, you know, if you just connect the dots, but at the same time, it's like, well, is this what they just want us to believe? And it's actually going to be something completely different. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I'm with well, you. one more thing that he was really creepy about that we didn't mention. Oh, yeah. What's, what's that? It was coming up behind Danny and <gasps> grabbing h- hugging her. her from behind and grabbing her and squeezing that same way that he was choking out his bunkmate yeah. with his his arm over her throat and squeezing to where she's kind of gasping for air, telling him, ease up, ease up. And he just keeps squeezing until he just lets go and runs off. And But after whispering to her, I'll find you, which is little, little too much for me. <laughs> don't like it. I don't mm. like it. 
no, that's not, no, that's, that's not good. And the, the kids keep getting a pass because they've been through so much. It's kind of like when yeah. Jamie was, you know, saying to Hannah, like you keep giving these kids a pass because of what they've been through. And she's like, well, we can't judge them if they, if they're acting strange or, you know, but I'm like, well, there's going to have to be some judgment in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? Can you this blame is- them for everything they've been through when they're locking people in closets, whether, you know, for protection or not, what we, but just from like, a, like normal adult viewpoint, looking at it from the outside, being like, okay, well, they're locking people in closets and like, and they won't explain inappropriate and you know it's like you have to stop giving them a pass like jamie says at some point there's got to be a line where you have to draw it yeah and it's like (laughs) they won't even explain why they're they're just like well it was an accident the door got stuck we couldn't we couldn't get it unlocked you know it was just like a little prank that went wrong like yeah they they shut it on her but they didn't intend you know, for her to be locked in there for as long as what she was. So they won't, that's pretty much all that they say about that, which is bullshit. And -hmm. then there's these many footprints. So it, you know, they think that like the adults think it was the kids that ran outside and tracked mud back in, which I don't believe for a second, but Mm -hmm. they also won't give any type of explanation. They just lead them to believe that, yeah, we ran outside and got mud, which apparently has happened more than once. We learned from Hannah. Yeah, Hannah says every couple of months. <laughs> Once is too much. Yeah. Once is too much. First time I see muddy pr- footprints with no explanation. Uh-uh. Gosh, that was good. Anything else you want to say about that? Uh, No, I don't think so. Well, I'll add to the weirdness that needs to be resolved. Uh, you mentioned the crack in the kitchen wall that Hannah told Jamie about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really seems to draw her attention. Like she'd never seen it before, you know, like, oh, there's a, a crack in the wall. Well, that's not right. So then she tells Jamie, Jamie goes in to fix it and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Odd. You know, what, what's going on there? No, I don't know. But just that's my question. Um, what's up with the crank calls? Still getting more crank calls. Yep. And people hanging up. That, that seems kind of strange um, because it appears, according to Owen, happens a lot. Dear Owen. Still loving Owen. Um, side <laughs> note. <laughs> um, Definitely. And then, like you mentioned, it's not really clear what's going on with Jamie, but her reaction to Miles picking some flowers before they were, quote, ready to be cut feels a little out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, it. I... <laughs> I get it, little turd. That's kind of a <laughs> shitty thing to do. You know, he was, of course, trying to, I mean, it's not straight forward at all. It's all a little bullshit, you know, that he went out and picked flowers for her. It was totally, I feel like he's under whatever spell, possession, whatever's happening there. You know, what 10-year-old yeah. goes out and picks flowers like that? I mean, I don't know. I guess kids can go pick flowers for their nanny, babysitter, parents, something like that. But it just seemed a little, little odd. It's because it's because the flowers went hand in hand with the actions and words that we mentioned earlier that it, it kind of plays a more sinister role. Right. (laughs) So, so her reaction to him, 
out there cutting those flowers before they were cut. Just felt a little out of proportion. It wasn't like she was just like, you know, damn, he went and ruined my flowers or he made this mess or, I mean, she was kind of over the top just a little bit, I thought. Yeah. And, but I do also think that it's entirely possible that Miles did it specifically because he knew it would upset her so much. Yeah. Does that make sense? I could see that too. Yeah, for sure. Especially again, going in with that. And again, you know, they, they very easily could turn everything on its head, but if it is one of those things where it's a, you know, possession by this certain ghost of this, you know, man, I mean, that, that guy would have a history right. in blind manner as far as, you know, he had been there with Rebecca and I'm assuming, you know, Jamie and Owen and Hannah have all been there mm-hmm. much longer. So they would know him and he would know the ways to, like he knew that that would be off. something that would piss her off. Yeah. So he did that. And and I think it's entirely accurate to say that Jamie did know this person because she knew Rebecca. She mentioned her. Yeah. To Hannah. She's like, you know, you you excuse their behavior. Rebecca coddled them and kind of cuts herself off, mm-hmm. you know, from saying anything else after that. So she seemed to have been around for whatever the events that occurred. Well, she had to be because it was Jamie that found Flora, either Flora or Flora and Miles after they found Rebecca. Mm -hmm. So she she had to have been around for it. Yeah. So, but that's what I kind of thought. I thought, well, because we were kind of talking or I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, were some of the things that Flora was doing, is it, was it just child, childlike innocence or was she purposely putting those glasses on because she knew it was going to freak Danny out, you know, to be a little mean to her, you know, Mm -hmm. did miles do that specifically because he knew that it would upset Jamie, you know? Um, so I don't know, just a few little weird things to kind of tag on to what you were already saying. Um, Mm -hmm. is what I want to kind of mention in my number two. So what, what's your number one? My number one was miles and we covered him quite extensively so i think we've talked about everything that i had on him so we're good there creepy <laughs> creepy little miles these these yeah, child my, my actors. notes it says number one this is miles dot 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 wtf <laughs> yeah the, they yeah. did a really great job casting these two little ones because they do a really mm-hmm. job and we talked about it in the last episode so i hate to sound too yeah. repetitive but it, it just astounds me again and seeing it you know even more in this this episode seeing how these two really are able to kind of switch their behavior. I mean, I don't think that's an easy thing for adult actors to do, you know, is just to be able to kind of flip a switch and, and alter their behavior like that and, and act, try and act older than what they really are. It's one thing just to be a child actor and just be a child uh, in an acting role and acting like a child, but now they have to, you're asking them to pull off adult behavior and pull that off kind of convincingly. These two do a really good job, I think. Oh, definitely. And since we talked about them, on the last episode, I have gone, I looked, I kind of researched into a little bit more looking on both of them on IMDb and some of the other cast as well. And they are not, they don't have very extensive filmographies. I think both of them only have like two other credits aside from Bly Manor. Interesting. Each, like, I think, uh, what is her name? Um, Amelia or Amelie, uh, <laughs> you know, she's got... Like Peppa, like Peppa Pig, and then like she was in like some other short film or something, and then Benjamin something. <laughs> don't, don't have it memorized yet, but 
But yeah, he was only in like, yeah, like a short film. And then like he played like a little boy in an episode of like a long running like soap opera or something. Interesting. And, like, that's all they've done. So who, you know, the casting for the show has found two young, like unknown actors and something something found something special in them because they definitely have been shining yeah they're i think they're doing a really great job so far they're definitely enjoyable to watch if you can you know get if you can kind of get yourself outside of all the creepiness of blind manor and just look at it from that perspective and just kind of appreciate you know their acting and stuff i think that they're doing a really great job so yeah um well, speaking of the child actors, my number one is actually Flora, <laughs> and we, we've talked about her quite a bit. Her command of the ghosts is quite impressive mm-hmm. because it seems that she can seem to control them to some extent where like when she places those different dolls or totems, whatever you want to call them, talismans, uh, yeah. and you know she's placing them, you know, she's got the one under her dresser she's got some of them in certain rooms of the house she's telling this attic ghost or shushing her and that ghost is like oh okay fine then i'll shut up and (laughs) she just like late which creepy because the damn thing is like sitting like if you look like if you like on second watch like i don't know that i noticed it so much on my first watch like it's just there the whole time behind flora but it's not moving yet yeah. And then as you can hear it, you don't see it, but you hear it moving and shuffling around. And then it goes back towards, you know, facing Flora and you see it behind her and you're like, that thing was laying there the whole time. Yeah. Like a dead body or something. And then it just like lays back down after she shush- shushes it. And I'm like, so that ghost is just going to freaking lay there? <laughs> God. I can't with this show. I just I know it was almost kind of that like she's like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll lay right. back down and go back to sleep, and I'll be quiet again. <laughs> oh my god, I just can't. And she just it's it's just nothing to her. So, but yeah. you know, it's just she's interesting, and I think that we're just going to, of course, hopefully get a little bit more on Flora, like we did, a, you know, a little bit more on Miles, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of learn a little bit about that. But just a little bit more peeling of the layers of the character that is flora and some of the control i think i think that's what we kind of got with her this episode is that there's a little bit more to the story here with what's going on on blind manor what the kids know and how they can kind of control kind of what's going on a little bit or at least uh-huh. know that something's going to happen like when they lock danny in in the closet you know things like that so yep. that is my number one. Do you have any notes? Yeah, I've got quite a few little notes. Awesome. Um, let's see, kind of the first big one, I guess, which could have been like a whole other like number in itself maybe, but I'll run through it really fast, is kind of the background of the, the school itself being a Catholic boys' school, it seems. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, you know, because there's like within that Catholic school, so there is actually, and you see on the boards behind Father Stack, like they had like, government and they had math and they had literature and so we just kind of catch them in this moment where they also have like a bible class as well and the story that he's telling which we've talked about a little bit but i kind of thought it was like it's kind of on the nose there um mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's the passages you know it's told in three different ways throughout the gospels but it's you know jesus casting demons the demons legion 
out of a man or two men, depending on which, you know, gospel you're looking at, into the herd of pigs that drown themselves in a lake. And I was like, hmm, is that on the nose? Kind of, you know, there's a lake at Bly Manor yep. with drownings. And we've already guessed about possessions. So I'm like, what kind of like blatant foreshadowing is this? Or could it be a misdirection? So <laughs> it could be either. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then we kind of mentioned, yeah, Miles and asking a question about demons needing permission to enter. And the teacher says, yes. You know, maybe in that way, being open and susceptible to it by interacting with them like he had been in the house. Um, Father Stax gives him the passage, John sixteen twenty two. Now, this one's kind of an irrelevant fact, but I found it out and I just went down a weird little rabbit hole for some reason. But the one that he reads is, So also you now indeed have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man shall take from you. Is a very specific version of that scripture. Yep. Taken from a... Because uh, I, I was trying to look it up online, and I ended up going this weird rabbit hole where I wanted to find... Because it wasn't like NIV or King James or... Like, which one actually matched it exactly word for word. Mm-hmm. And it was the 1752 Dewey Reams Catholic Bible which was used mainly as like an anti-reformation or you know counter-reformation bible back mm-hmm. in the in the days. And so I was like it's kind of you know I don't know if that was like a detail that was specifically chosen or just maybe by chance like a catholic boys school would be using this very specific text that their kids were reading. But I was like huh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, the weird rabbit hole that I went down to find that, but I was like, yeah, well, I'm here. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, the internet sucks you in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy standing on the ladder in the chapel while he's reading that, painting the wall. I'm not going to talk about spoilers, but it reminded me of Hill House for a specific reason. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, got the voice of the storyteller back a little bit. Just a reminder that she was there. Had to mark that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if she's an unreliable narrator, by the way. I don't know what yeah, to think about maybe. that just yet. So. Let's see. Owen, I have written down, I just have quoted his, I said, Owen, the puns, the delicious puns. You're earning points with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When he's talking to Flora, he says, careful, don't add too much or they'll take you away. He says, who's going to take me away? The food police for assault and buttery. Assault to which and buttery. everyone just looks deeply offended by the level of punnery. That was... <laughs> And I just uh, delighted in I it. I know. I was like, I had to pause and I was like, oh, I love that one. <laughs> I just love you, Owen. I just want to take you home with me. And <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I, I'm loving that character so much. Yeah, that's great. And then the last one I had was just, I don't know if there was like any specific implication of it or not, how important it could be. But when Danny's looking for them playing hide and seek and she picks up the photo that was kind of half hidden under the covering under the sheet. And it's a photo of Henry Wingrave we see because Henry Thomas with a man and woman and two young kids, which I assume would be Miles and Flora and their parents. So it's like this family photo. But then in that photo, if you're looking at it, like Henry is there holding Flora and he seems to be very close to the family and a very, you know, involved part of it. And so it makes you question what happened now to where he wants nothing to do with these kids. Yeah. 
Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before in the other episode. He just seems completely disinterested in being their caregiver at all. Yeah. Like, just hire some people to take care of them for me so I don't have to. So yeah, I don't have I mean, to think about it. He specifically says, and don't call me for anything unless it's a, an emergency. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, what happened there? Yeah. But, yeah, that's all the notes I had there. Awesome. Good notes. I <laughs> think we've covered all of mine. So that's actually going to then take us into <gasps> the hidden ghosts, what, what we've all been waiting for. Um, I could probably wait a little bit longer because I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight <laughs> after looking at uh, all of this over again and having to kind of revisit it in my mind. But we're going to talk about it. So here we go, guys. So for episode two, The Pupil, your first hidden ghost is at minute four and 24 seconds. The plague doctor shadow is on the floor of the cellar. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you get, you'll see it if you look, yeah, it's a very clear shadow on the floor of his, um, that mask that sticks yeah. out. I, I don't really know what you call that, but we all know it's like that protruding. So anyway, you'll see that very clearly on the floor at minute 424. Um, at minute five, five minutes and 20 seconds, child within the dolls. So as we keep talking about in the cellar, there is that pile or stack of dolls off to the side as Danny grabs the, the one that fell down the chute. Um, it's behind. Yep. There it is. Sorry. I'm looking at a <laughs> screenshot of it. Oh, it's kind of giving me, yeah. kind of giving me the heebie jeebies, um, within <laughs> that it's kind of in the middle there. You'll see, if you pay attention after Danny leaves the shot, you'll, you'll see movement there. That's at five, five minutes and 20. Um, yeah. now you can see, but she doesn't actually, or it, sorry, whatever it is, doesn't actually move its head until five minutes and 30 seconds. So you see it yeah. at 520. But it's sitting there the whole time. It's it's, it's just there those, the whole yeah. time. So you see it, but it moves at 530. Um, at 5 minutes and 59 seconds, there is Flora and Danny standing at the bottom of the stairs. There is a child at the end of the hallway on the right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, very clearly, you can see that. at Not a fan. <laughs> There are so many. Uh, like I said, uh -huh. that's at, at five minutes and 59 seconds. At six minutes and 24 seconds, the child, again, is still at the end of the hallway. I mean, she is like smack dab in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, that's just where she it. likes to chill, like I said earlier. Yes. That's her spot. Smack dab. Can't see her. And it is a child, <laughs> so it's a little short. Now, here's mm -hmm. one. Where I was exceptionally disturbed, and I feel like I'm not going to get over this one anytime soon, <laughs> was at 24 minutes and 51 seconds. Owen and Hannah are sitting at the kitchen table. There are hands underneath the table on the chair on the right side. Ooh, I did not catch that one in any of my watches. I wish I didn't. That's <laughs> I wish I didn't. I could have went the rest of my life not knowing that there were freaking hands. It looks like somebody is squatting. And all you see are the hands, but it's like somebody's squatting under the table or sitting under the table and their hands are gripping. 
the chair. 24 minutes, 51 seconds, guys. Go live that horror right along with me. (laughs) You're welcome. At 26 minutes and six seconds, as Owen is walking into the garden where Hannah and Jamie are talking, he's walking in the garden uh, area with the tray of drinks. The plague doctor is in the background on the right side. 26 minutes and six seconds. Uh, He's a little hard to see, but he's there. Um, At 30 minutes and 15 seconds, the plague doctor is at the end of the hallway, just like right, kind of like where that child ghost or whatever that thing was, just right at the end of the hallway. At 32 minutes and one second, the plague doctor is again at the end of the hallway behind Miles on the right side. Mm -hmm. So Miles is in the shot and plague doctor is behind him. At 36 minutes and 28 seconds, there is a figure at the end of the hallway as Danny is just getting down to the bottom of the stairs. Uh, looks to yeah. maybe be the child, but it's really kind of hard to see. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's just a figure. So that's 36 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, at 36 minutes and 56 seconds, Plague Doctor is standing next to the window as Danny's walking into. She's in that forbidden wing or the the wing you're not supposed to go into. Um, yeah. So it's kind of standing. She was right like staring right at it. I was she, just like, how do you not see it's that one? Right there. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like Hill House, right? You're like, how do yeah. you not see that thing right <laughs> at you? I'm never going to get over that freaking ghost underneath that damn piano. Jesus. Uh-huh. Sorry, that might be a spoiler for Hill House. You're going to forget about it by then because you're going to be so freaked out by all the other ones that you see. But Jesus. Yep, this one is is staring right at her. He is next to the window at 36 minutes and 56 seconds. Mm-hmm. At 37 minutes, 25 seconds, a figure, Paik, that you mentioned, who I think we all know who is standing behind Danny. Yeah. Looks like Hannah. It does. And she's been, yeah, still the strange strangeness about her. It's another, the second episode now, she has not eaten or drank anything. She's offered I, some gin and tonic, and she says, oh, gin's a sad drink, and turns it away. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know it's, what that means, but it's one of those little things I'm like... Makes me question you. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not feeling great about it, but she's easy to miss. I mean, you see her, but it's kind of also easy to miss and mm. what, you know, what that's all about. So some not so hidden ghosts. So those, those are, are hidden things. Here are the ones that are in your face. And that is, we'll start with, um, <laughs> the mirror guy popping up behind Danny again. This mm-hmm. dude, it's like, so he's, every time she looks in a mirror, she sees this thing standing right there behind her. Is it just always with her? Like, is it just always yeah. there? That's what I assume is it's it's definitely her own ghost, her own past, her own drama. <sighs> I feel that. That has followed her. But it's like, is it literally just standing right there behind her, following her every minute of every day? Because I think I'd lose my damn mind. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like her, she really had a moment here. Um, you know, and I'm really curious as to who this person is, why that reflection with those glasses, those glasses that Flora put on matched mm. hit the reflection of his eyes like glasses. Yeah interested to find out 
what that's all about. That's at uh, 31 minutes and six seconds. If in case you didn't see him, <laughs> um, 39 minutes and 46 seconds, the faceless dress lady behind Flora in the attic. Creepy as hell. Um, 41 minutes and 37 seconds, we have Peter showing up in the glass. Um, episode, uh, yep, second episode, again, 42 minutes, 54 seconds, we get Peter again at the window. And that is it for the not-so-hidden ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I could really have done without seeing those hands under the table. I'm I'm not okay. <laughs> I missed that one. I'm going to have to go back and find that one. <laughs> I'm well. You might have good, to send me the link that you used to get all of these. Good luck to you, man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Maybe you might want to watch that in the broad daylight because I really wish I hadn't seen it. I really am not okay. Because oh, I caught a lot of those with that one. Yeah, like totally missed that on all the watches. So. <laughs> Well, I'm happy I could point those out for everyone because, again, I'm not okay. That's <laughs> That was not good. Did not sit well with me. I didn't like it. This um, show has a lot of spirit. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> okay. Well, that does it for the hidden and not-so-hidden ghosts. Um, that will take us into the listener feedback portion of the show. One of my favorite parts, we got some really great feedback this week. Really great to hear from everyone. Um, I'll go ahead and start this week uh, with Tony Douglas. She says, I'm loving the mystery of it all. Not finding it very spooky at all, but still very good. I don't know where they find these kid actors, but they are simply splendid. I'm three episodes in. Can't wait to hear your take. Find out what I missed because I watched in the daytime and thinking I missed a lot. Uh, Cheryl Morales says I know I'm a total baby but the creep factor is at a 10 I'm so tense this whole time these kids are incredible I can't wait to see the story unfold question do you think the lady in the black dress was the former babysitter or the mom debate is on at my house lady in the black dress um I don't know what that would be other than unless it's in the drawing that flora did because mm. the one in the attic had a red dress right. and then unless it's one of the there's like a ghost that was in the mirror in the first episode okay that i might see, have... i don't know if i would say black but it was a little darker and blurrier so okay well i might have missed that sure. let us know cheryl what yeah which, which one specifically specify. yeah yeah i might have missed that detail and in, in which exactly one you were talking about uh, and then we'll jump in on the debate with you. Uh, mm -hmm. Don Elizabeth says, wow, that Miles is a messed up kid. Is he haunted himself? His attempts to scare and come on to Danny are so creepy. I did see some ghosts, but some scenes are so dark. It's difficult to get a good look. I'm really enjoying the show so far. I like the creep factor, but now I have to go clean a big old farmhouse and no one is home. <laughs> Got to find a light <laughs> and goofy podcast to take my mind off things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I watched this episode the first time and I watched it when it was dark. That's my tradition. I don't care. I'm going to scare mm -hmm. myself and that's fine. But after I was so spooked out, I had to, uh, I was flipping through the channels trying to find something light to watch and Spaceballs was on. So I had to turn on Spaceballs. It was perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. But yeah, I was like, I need something and I need it now because I am freaked <laughs> the hell out. And yeah, so Spaceballs helped kind of drive me 
out of that. So yeah, guys, find something to kind of pull you back a little bit if you're getting creeped out as what we are. So Oh yeah. Great British Bake Off is going right now. Yeah, uh, I highly <laughs> recommend it and got a podcast to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lindsay Schlick sends in the next one, says, I felt like a blind moron when you guys pointed out the 57 ghosts I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I followed your timestamps and felt less, uh, slightly less dumb and blind. The mask ghost guy I did notice, but was always like, WTF is that? Is that a plant? Face palm, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit I did miss all the ghosts in the mirrors. Could be my old ass TV or my old ass eyes. Either way, I was afraid to Google for spoilers, so I'm thankful you guys provide these timestamps. Episode two is a big improvement for me. The hidden ghost in the pile of dolls was one I remembered from the previews, but still creeped me out. I did like getting some backstory from Miles, and I agree he seems possessed, especially his pervy moments with Danny. Those are downright disturbing and very adult. I'm thinking the Danny's ghost with the glowing eyes are actually those glasses Flora finds reflecting light somehow. The hide-and-seek game was nice and creepy, and I finally caught some ghosts, although I probably missed a bunch too. The moaning ghost thing behind Flora was an absolute hell no for me and scared the crap out of me. Can't wait to find out about the 200 ghosts I missed this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you take that in stride, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fine. You know, they're really hard to see. And some people, because it's kind of a, a, a dark show, and I don't mean atmosphere, but just like color-wise, everything is, is pretty dark. And I have mm-hmm. trouble too. So it depends on like your TV settings and, and are you watching during the daytime? Maybe there's some like light coming in and hitting the yeah. TV in a certain way. You know, these things are so easy to miss. So don't. Yeah, they are. I mean, hey, I missed hands on a table, so (laughs) we can't catch everything. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, I wish I'd missed the the hands on the (laughs) under the table. That wasn't good with me. Um, But thanks, Lindsay and Leah. Don't feel bad. We we we're all missing some stuff. And if it wasn't for for you know these second watches or you know a little bit of extra help finding things. It's, it's just dark. It's hard to see things. And things are pretty subtle sometimes. Especially that, um, it's sometimes subtle and not so subtle. That damn plague doctor can be very subtle at times. And other times he's like standing on top of you in some scenes. Yeah. But he can some be, of them have been like quick, like yeah. two frames and it's gone. So Yeah, so don't, don't feel bad. It's fun pointing them out though. So Don also had, Don Elizabeth also had some feedback from episode one that I um, think came in just a little bit late, but like I always say, I, I try to get the stuff in. So even if you guys aren't able to provide feedback when we ask for it right away, if you want to write in about a previous episode, um, I will certainly include it. So she had some feedback on episode one. She says, I liked it. There was creep factor as in the stick dolls, the kids, the mirrors in the nighttime kitchen scene. I kept looking for hidden ghosts. I think it's very atmospheric. Um, she says, what do you think? the scene of her entering the front entrance of the manor it reminded me a lot of Hill House. I recognize a lot of the cast, which is something, uh, like I said, that said, I'm looking forward to episode two. So I, I agree. I think when they kind of entered, it was kind of like this grand kind of gesture of walking yeah. into blind manor, kind of like when they all first entered Hill House for the first time. So yeah, that was, I think probably on purpose. If I had to guess mm-hmm. a little bit on Mike, Mike Flanagan's yeah, part. I think so. You think so? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Don, for writing in. Um, and thank you, everyone, for writing in on our Facebook page. Uh, we did get an email this week. Paik, do you want to take that one from our good friend right. Jay? Yeah, this one comes from Jay Limbani, and he says, Hello, Rima and Paik. 
I just watched the pilot for Bly Manor, and having no knowledge of the books or of Hill House, I'm definitely intrigued. There seems to be a lot of weird shit going on and a lot of little mysteries. Not really one big reveal that would make everything clear, kind of like Watchmen. A few big questions are, who the fuck is Anime Mirror Man, and why is that little girl so creepy, and did those kids kill the previous nanny? Also, this show has some amazing actors. I always appreciate Rahul Kohli from iZombie, since there aren't many actors with my skin color. I also love Victoria Pedretti from You Season 2. I have a huge crush on her. And while I feel like the prologue with that woman telling the story felt disjointed, I think it will come around full circle somehow. Anyway, sorry for another long-ass email slash short story. <laughs> Hope to hear of your, your review soon. Okay, bye! P.S. I'm a master binger, but for the first time, I'm going to be watching these weekly to talk with y'all. Hearing that you like my thoughts really meant a lot. Oh, well, thanks. And they do. <laughs> it does mean a lot to us as well for you to write in and share your thoughts. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. It was awesome to hear from you um, that first time around and good to hear from you a second time around. I hope that you continue uh, to write in and let us know what you think of each episode. And that really warms my heart. You're going to watch it weekly with us. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, it can be a challenge. So we appreciate the extra initiative. <laughs> I do look, I do appreciate it. I really do. I, I understand that struggle. I want to watch every single episode after I'm finished with it, but, um, you know, we don't, we stick to it weekly here. So I understand that challenge. It's difficult and it's, it's, I don't take that lightly at all. So I, I appreciate everyone, but I also understand that everyone has probably already watched it by now and they've decided maybe to do a second watch and go weekly with us. I think I've read a few mm-hmm. people were doing that as well. So, cool. but actually at the end of the day, I just appreciate you guys just writing in and just like yeah. letting us know your thoughts or that you appreciate what we have to say. So whether you've already watched it, watching it weekly with us, if you're showing up and listening to us, I love you for it. So yeah. thank you guys. Um, mm. Great feedback this week. So we do have a, um, a call this week from our good friend, Daphne. Hey, Remen Pake, this is Daphne calling in with my thoughts on episode two of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Bly Manor is already raising the level on spooky. Miles, miles, miles is perfectly creeptastic. From putting Danny in a chokehold and pushing her hair behind her ear, it's just very unnerving. The flashback to Miles at boarding school was disturbing and sad. You had to feel for him when he was asking why the bad ones come back and the good ones don't. Father Stack's teaching of three gospels and the casting of demons into a herd of pigs that go drown themselves in the lake was scary. His responses to Miles' questions about needing permission to enter the pigs and the original person really lead me to believe this comes into play sometime later this season. He seemed like a good student, but his efforts to be sent home to be with his sister Flora prevailed. Oh, and poor Pidge. That was sad. I felt for Father Stack. He seemed like a decent guy. The glasses. So I think the creepy eyes that we see and that ghost that follows Danny around are some sort of weird reflection. I'm not 100% sure, but that's what it looks like. The freaky smile by the ghost in the window after Miles passed out was all perfectly dreadful. Looking forward, as always, to hearing what you guys think. So far, I've been able to keep to just the first two episodes, but it's getting harder. Anyway, thanks, guys. 
Thank, Thank you, you, Daphne. I know. I know it's hard. We won't we won't be mad if you if you keep watching and push on. I understand. Yeah. You know, You're just not allowed to tell me anything. No, no, you gotta <laughs> no spoilers. Uh yeah, totally get it. You know, I think she's kind of onto something too when she mentions the reflection of the glasses. It makes me wonder if it's almost like when you're driving down a road and you see a reflection of, you know, someone's glasses, uh, you know, from the mm-hmm. headlights or something. I wonder if this, <laughs> it's like, did Danny mow this person over? Is that why she's haunted by them or something? Did she, you know, run someone over mm. or something in the dark? Like, cause you don't see, you can kind of see the outline of a person, a body. It looks to be male. Um, yeah. Again, I'm just, I don't know, but um, but the reflection of the glasses is what gets me. It's kind of like when you see that reflection of an animal. Um, if you come across an animal or a reflection uh, of a mirror or glasses when you're driving in the headlights. Oof, that would be a real dark back for backstory for Danny if that's what that's, it was. That's that's where my mind goes. Is that where she, is that what she's running from? That would that would explain him to go to a completely different country, I guess. I mean, yeah, she's she says I'm not running from anything, but we know she's running from something. She ran oh, all the yeah. way to freaking England. So, what is it that she's running from? It seems to be this figure that she keeps seeing that's haunting her over and over again. Did she did she, like I said, I don't know that. There could be some other explanation as to why but that's just what it reminds me of is you know because yeah. everything else is completely in the dark but you see that reflection and it's like a reflection that you see in from headlights or something so i don't know maybe she mm-hmm. she ran someone over Oof. and killed someone i don't know i don't know um we did get another voicemail from our good friend steve Hey, Rim and Pake, it's Steve. Uh, this is for episode two of uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. I, uh, I really like, you know, this, this, the, he ratcheted it up in this episode, man. Uh, we had the little scares in the, the first episode. Uh, this one, though, wow, there's definitely something about Miles. There's definitely something going on with Flora, where she turned to that one ghost and, and shushed it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's really ratcheting up the scares. And that I did jump a little bit when Miles uh, grabbed Danny around the throat there. And uh, wow, just uh, uh, a really good all around episode. I can't wait to hear your guys' uh, podcast on it uh, whenever it comes out towards the end of the week because you guys helped me so much. I go back and what I did this time, I listened to your podcast and then I went back and I rewatched episode one and was able to pick up on so many things that I had missed the first time because of your podcast. And I love the fact that you point out where the hidden ghosts are because I don't find the hidden ghosts ever. Like I'm lucky. I, I think I saw the hat guy hanging out by the stairs. That's the only hidden one. And that wasn't obvious. You know, obviously the plague mask guy is pretty obvious around the house when, when you see that silhouette but even then they've got it kind of blurred out so uh really really thankful for y'all's podcast on this and this show is just going to be harder and harder to not go to the next episode and especially next week because i saw the title for the next episode i'm not going to say it for episode three i'm not going to say it but yeah the end of this one uh with seeing the man in the in the window there that i don't know if that may be 
the ghost that's kind of possessing Miles, maybe. And uh, my only other prediction before I sign off here is the telephone calls. There's going to be something. I'm, I'm kind of, there's a buzz in my ear and my gnat that I think that I can kind of have a theory about the phone calls. But I definitely think they're going to come into play later on in the season. They're going to be explained. Uh, so, all right. Talk to you later. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you. I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, um, the only thing I can say about like the phone thing is like a theory because I had that like a fleeting thought about that too, where it could come back around. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I, I could compare it to something that happened in Hill House, but there's no way that I could actually say it or explain it to make any kind of sense without spoiling Hill House. And we already decided we really don't want to do that. So We don't. But you and I should talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I think I know where you're probably going with that. Maybe. I could be wrong. But um, uh-huh. yeah, I think there was a lot of good thoughts there. And thanks, Steve, for letting us know that we were helpful, you know, um, you know, kind of pointing some of those out. Like I said, I know it's hard to, to, you know, miss some of those. So I'm, I'm happy to spread the creepy factor for everyone to enjoy those hidden ghosts <laughs> and to get, you know, a little something out of that. And, you know, good to know that you're so far watching week by week with us too. I don't know, Pake, maybe we're the evil ones here. We're, it's all part of our evil <laughs> ploy to get everyone to not binge and just watch week yeah. by week. Are we being... Because um, we know that tortures people. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing it just to torture you? Maybe. You'll never know. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, really great feedback. Thank you again, everyone, for taking the time to write in either on our Facebook page, send an email, or sending us a voice message. Always great to hear from everyone. Can't wait to hear what everyone has to say about the next episode after I watch it, of course. Yeah. All right. So next week, speaking of the next episode, we will be covering episode three of The Haunting of Bly Manor titled The Two Faces. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. I feel like that could go in so many different ways and have so many different meanings. And it probably does in this show is all I'm going to say. Yeah. I feel like there, mm-hmm. there, there's always a double meaning. To yeah, like I've pieces. got a few theories, but it it could be several different things. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I haven't seen I haven't even seen a preview, so I have no clue. But um, and I'm I'm not reading out the description, but I feel like it could probably have a couple of different meanings. So look forward to covering that one with everyone as well. We are back to our weekly schedule. Um, we did try to get that first one out just to give everyone a, a little taste of something since it, it, it came out, but we are going to be um, mostly sticking to that weekly schedule. So be looking for that uh, next week. Um, and until then, we are really excited for you to follow us to Bly Manor. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Lots of great podcasts at Podcastica. Uh, Jason and Lucy are continuing their coverage of The Walking Dead uh, World mm-hmm. Beyond um, and Fear the Walking Dead as well. Um, 
bake earlier you mentioned um great british baking show which is a great mm-hmm. light-hearted way if you need something a little light to bring you out of the dark of bly manor um that's a great show jason and i are also covering it on strange indeed here the bake-off edition <laughs> um you guys are probably noticing that you probably haven't watched the show or some of you are probably like what the hell is this popping up in my feed um but we're having a really good time with it it does kind of you know after all the dark and twisty things that we talk about and cover and just kind of the state of the the world that we're in right now it's kind of something that makes us smile and makes us feel a little bit better about things so hope you check those out as well or at least the shows um at least so (laughs) you got me into it yeah i've never watched it before at all and then with you and jason covering it i decided well I'll check it out. Now I'm like sending in feedback every week on that being like, oh yeah, this person totally. (laughs) That was so great. I loved hearing (laughs) and you weren't the only one. So that was really great to hear when you said, you know, I've never seen this show, but you guys said you you were going to cover it. So I'm going to try it. And you tried it and you really liked it. I love hearing Mm -hmm. that. It's like, I I told Jason, I was like, it's the power that we have over people and we must use it for good (laughs) instead of evil. Um, But yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that one. Like I said, it's so many dark, things that we cover and talk about and dark and twisty things. It's a nice light thing to kind of look at. It's a little bit different. Yeah. So, and of course, speaking of great podcasts, you can check out Pake's other podcast called Run for Your Lives, uh, where he and Daphne cover monster movies, creature features, disaster films, and you can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and at runforyourlivespodcast.com. So do you, what do you have in store for us this week, Pake? Um, it's it's going to be the same thing that I said on the last one that we released since we were kind of putting out these first two episodes mm-hmm. pretty close together. So, but yeah, so just a reminder for those who are listening that, yeah, um, A Quiet Place is the newest one that is up and out, and you can listen to that right now if you want to. Nice. And then the next episode that will be up this weekend, so probably around the time that you're listening to this, within a day or so of that. Then we'll be uh, recovering Black Sheep, not the Chris Farley one, but um, <laughs> it's a 2006 uh, New Zealand kind of comedy horror movie about these like zombie killer sheep on a farm. And it's hmm. beyond ridiculous, and but it's so much fun and it's hilarious and just over the top. And we had a really fun time recording that one. Awesome. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great all right well that's our show thanks for listening everyone until next time i'm reba and i'm Pate. and tony douglas is strange indeed